Hey there, Fletcher from All Things Overlanding here, and today I'm going to be addressing a question that I've gotten quite a few times from people on some of my recent videos where I announced that I got a 2023 Nissan Frontier Pro 4X, and uh, the question has been, did you look at the Tacoma? Why didn't you look at the Tacoma? Did you hear that the new Tacoma is coming? So today I'm going to kind of compare and contrast the 2023 Frontier that I purchased versus the now, I mean, this just got announced today is the 8th that I'm recording this, uh, the 2024 uh, Tacoma. So I'm going to kind of show you that. I'm going to give you my feelings and thoughts on it. I'm going to also talk about, you know, when I bought my truck a couple months ago, that wasn't an option and kind of why I went with the Frontier. So again, if you are looking for a truck, if you are kind of between a lot of the domestics, the Rangers, the Colorados, which there is a new Colorado that also looks pretty cool. Um, I'm going to kind of touch on all of those in general, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on why I went with the Nissan Frontier keeping in mind the bias that I have had a lot of Nissans, had really good luck, and I am a Nissan person, right? But still, I want to give you guys my sort of honest feedback on all these trucks and then talk about why I went with the Frontier. So if you want to learn more about the reasons that I went with the 2023 Frontier and why that might help you when you're making your decision on your next new truck, stay tuned. So as I mentioned in the intro, today I'm talking about why I went with the 2023 Nissan Frontier versus all the competitors, right? So I'm going to start with the sort of known quantities. The you know Ford Ranger is obviously a competitor. The Toyota Tacoma, previous body style, right, is a competitor, obviously. Then the Colorado. Now, between the time that I bought my truck and now, early May, uh, the Chevy Colorado has been announced with a whole brand new one with a lot of really cool features and stuff on it, which I will touch on. And also then the new Tacoma literally just dropped today, a sneak peek leaked picture of it. If it's accurate, it is a really good looking truck and it has a lot of nice features on it from what they can tell from the picture. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline or two. So again, I'm going to start with the Frontier and why I picked that. I'm a Nissan guy through and through. I've had a number of Nissans with, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles on them. They were significantly less expensive than their Toyota counterparts, especially used. So that is kind of why I went with the Nissan. I really like what Nissan's done with the third gen, the new truck, the D41 platform. Uh, that started in 2022. Now the engine and transmission though were in the 2020 and 2021. So it's not really like a first year of this truck. It's really a refresh and a redesign with existing components underneath for the drivetrain, which is an important piece of information because it's already been tested, right? It's not like you're getting the literal first year. Whereas with the new Tacoma, with the new Colorado, with some of these things that have totally new options as far as engine and drivetrain go, you're gonna be sort of a guinea pig, right? And we all know that with a new vehicle with the first year, you're always gonna have maybe a little bit more in the way of problems than you would from the third or fourth or fifth year of a vehicle. So that was kind of part of the reason too. Another reason, and I've had a lot of conversations with other folks about this is all these vehicles are going to forced induction. 
Force induction is great. I'm a big turbo fan, I'm a big supercharger fan. However, when you talk about reliability and just sheer simplicity, whenever you start to add all that stuff to a vehicle, your reliability is just gonna naturally go down, right? Look at the new Ford Maverick. I was looking at getting one of those for a while. There's a two liter turbo motor for that and then there is a hybrid motor as well. All of that added complexity adds problems. And I still to this day, I'm looking on the Facebook groups for the Maverick and I saw a guy the other day that had 600 miles on his truck and he's broken down on the side of the road and it's getting towed, right? And I see those stories all the time with the Maverick. With the Ranger, I don't follow them. I'm not on those boards. I don't really know about their reliability, but I know with a lot of those forced induction Fords, they make a ton of power. They're easily modifiable. There's a lot of potential for power out of them. But again, you're sacrificing a little bit in the way of reliability, like the Broncos with the 2.7. I've heard a lot of problems with those. Um, even the Broncos Sports with their little, I think they have the same two liter turbo that is in the Maverick. They have some problems with those as well. The Infiniti Q50 that I had was the 3.7 liter six cylinder prior to them going to the three liter twin turbo motor. And when they went to that motor, it was still overall more reliable than a lot of domestics, but they had a lot more problems with blown turbos and things like that with the turbo motors than they did with the NA 3.7s that were in the cars before. So again, from an old school sort of reliability, I bought this truck, I spent the money to buy a brand new truck thinking I'm gonna get 12 to 15 years out of this thing because I drive eight to 10,000 miles a year, right? So I can really easily get 150,000 miles, in my opinion, pretty easily with hopefully minimal maintenance, right? And minimal problems with the truck from here to there. So that was a lot of the reason why I went with the 2023. Also going from the five speed that was in the old second gen Frontiers to the nine speed that's in the new one, gas mileage has improved greatly, right? So I am pretty excited about that as well, just to kind of have those extra gears to, to use, to go up hills, to tow stuff, to do whatever I need to do without sacrificing as much in the way of fuel efficiency. Um, in addition, another reason that I went with the 2023 is because they really did a good job. They The exterior is finally really nice looking. It's a really great looking truck. The technology on the inside is finally at least up to par with a lot of these other trucks. And so that is a driving force where I was like, okay, I get my same old Nissan. I get my same old sort of value, simple NA six cylinder, right? Like that's what I want. But now I actually have wireless CarPlay. Now I have wireless phone charging in my thing. Now I have the technology stuff, the sonar, the around view cameras, the anti-gravity seats that are really comfortable and really great on long trips. So I got a lot of benefits from going to that new model that you couldn't get before 2022. So those are the reasons why I kind of went with the 2023. Now let's take a second and let's talk about the competitors, right? So when we talk about the Ford Ranger, it has been around for a while, right? Nothing against that truck. I'm sure it's a perfectly fine truck. My dad used to lease Ford Rangers forever back in the day. You could get a four-cylinder and, and a manual. He could use it to take trash to the dump and stuff and, and move stuff around, move logs and trees and stuff in the yard. It was simple. It was cheap. It was a great truck. However, again, when I'm looking at something, now I would want something that's more of the top line, almost like a Tremor or something like that. When you get into those ranges, they're more expensive pretty significantly than the... Frontier. So that was kind of a consideration. Also, again, because they've been the same for a long time, to me, they're just not my cup of tea. They're not what I'm looking for. They don't excite me, right? Um, same goes with the Tacoma. I think the Tacoma's been great looking trucks since I think they redesigned them in 2016. But today in 2023, they're basically still the same truck. They're old school. They're kind of outdated. Their interiors are kind of outdated. Again, this isn't a knock at all against the Toyota guys. They're super reliable and they're great trucks, right? They're also great looking trucks. And a lot of people say that the Frontier kind of stole a little bit from that or their trucks look awfully similar. I'm sure they do. Most midsize trucks nowadays look similar, but you know, the Tacomas are great trucks, but they just, again, it didn't really excite me. And they were basically 
basically about the same price as the Pro 4X uh, with older technology, right? So I didn't want to mess with that. I didn't want to have the same truck as everyone else. And again, me personally, I'm excited about this new generation of Frontier for the Nissans, and I wanted to bring you guys more content around that truck. So that was part of what drove the decision too. But so Tacoma's great trucks, but you know, old school, haven't been updated in a while. We'll get to the exciting new 2024 part here in a minute, but I will talk about that a little bit as well. Um, so that's the Tacoma, right? Then the Colorado. The Colorado sort of the same thing. They've been the same for a long time. I've had a number of Chevys, and unfortunately, sorry Chevy guys, but like, I've had a ton of problems with them. I know a ton of my neighbors and friends that have Chevys, and they have tons of problems with them. I mean, I'm talking blown motors, uh, dead computers. We had a Chevy Equinox that we got with 24,000 miles on it that was certified. We bought that thing and had it for two years, and it started not starting. Like, it had that auto start feature where you just had to turn the key once, and it would go until it started. We would think that the truck was started and we put it in reverse and it would just sit there and we're like, what the heck? And then you would realize that the, the, there were no RPMs. The truck had not started. It thought it did, but it didn't. Um, and then our computer went out. My wife was driving it down the road, 40 miles an hour in, in Indianapolis, and all of a sudden the whole thing shuts off. She loses power steering, power brakes. The truck will not restart. The Equinox will not restart. And so like we've had those kind of experiences, right? So like if I'm going to buy something that I have to keep for a long time, I don't want to be dealing with things. That was at 30,000 miles that computer went out on that Equinox. I don't want to deal with that, right? I know a lot of the guys with the Colorados have that really fancy suspension that comes on it, like adjustable suspension, but then I also hear a lot of people delete it because it's problematic or they have problems with it later on. Now, again, light me up in the comments if you want to. I'm not a Colorado guy. I've not done a ton of research on them. These are just things that I've observed or heard from other people. And then my own old school experiences with Chevys that have been not great, right? So that's what's driven me to Nissan. When I started having Nissans, 15, 20 years ago, I've had a ton of them with tons of miles and I beat the crap out of them and they've been great. So that's why I like the Nissans. And then there just aren't any other real competitors in the mid-sized truck market. You know, the Ridgeline, great truck, but not really a truck, not a body on frame truck, not as modifiable, not going to be as great off-road. So really that's what kind of drove me down to the Frontier and the reason that I picked that. So now let's dive into these new models and talk about, you know, do I regret it? Am I missing, feeling like I'm missing out on the brand new Colorado that looks actually really awesome or the brand new Tacoma that also looks really awesome? And I'll tell you what I think about that and why I don't think I'm missing out on that. All right, so let's start with the 2024 Toyota Tacoma. Again, this one picture that we have that we don't really know if it's real or not. It could be, might be, probably is, right? I mean, it looks pretty authentic to me, but... I mean, it's a great looking truck, you know, and then there are some stats in this article that was just released. It's about three hours ago, my time now. Um, you know, they're saying they've got this look, this close up look. It's going to be officially revealed on May 19th, which will be a little bit after this podcast drops. So one of the things that they say is they are expected to drop the V6 for a turbo four cylinder. Now, get, don't get me wrong, I understand that, and I am also in that stage of my life where like, I am looking at gas mileage a little bit more than I used to. My old truck got 10 miles per gallon, the new one gets about 20, so that's been a really nice increase for me, and now I've got a bunch of long trips this year, and I'm really looking at it as like, this year alone I might save $1,500, $2,000 in gas that I would have spent on the old truck that I'm saving on the new truck. So yeah, the new truck was more expensive than a used Frontier is for sure, but again, with the gas mileage savings that I'm going to recognize, I'm actually paying myself back some of that money this year to recoup the expense of buying the new truck just in gas alone. So I understand that move to the four-cylinder with the turbo. Again, though, we get back into the will it be as reliable? Granted, it's a Toyota. Historically, they've been very reliable. But just when you take an NA six-cylinder that has been around for 20 years and you take it out and replace it with an all-new four-cylinder turbo motor, 
there are probably gonna be more problems. You're probably gonna have a little bit of a drop off in longevity and reliability with that motor. So that to me is a little bit of a no-no for me. Um, one thing that's really cool is they do have a manual option for that truck, which I do really like. Um, you know, on the old Frontiers, they had a manual option, which was awesome. I think on the new ones, they're all automatics. But I also personally, for off-roading and overlanding, and especially like these long distance trips, I prefer the automatic if I'm being completely honest. Now, if I was autocrossing or road course racing or doing any sort of like actual racing, I would prefer a manual. But when I off-road and, and or overland, most of the time I prefer to kind of keep my mind on where my tires are being placed and stuff and not have to worry about what gear I'm in, what RPMs I'm at, if I, you know, how to get up over this obstacle, not accidentally letting off and sliding back down and potentially damaging something. I'd rather just have to worry about modulation of my throttle. That's just me. Call me a wuss if you want, but that's just me. So again, the new Tacoma looks fantastic. I do love the way that it looks. I am a fan of that. And I'm sure that being a Toyota, again, it will be very reliable. Would I buy that over a Chevy or a Ford? For sure, right? For sure. Even with the turbo motor, I would still definitely favor that. However, again, it doesn't make me feel bad about my decision to go with the Frontier. I feel like the Frontier has made leaps and bounds, and I feel like that NA six-cylinder is going to be something that, again, hopefully 10 years from now, when 2024 taco owners are potentially having problems with those turbo motors, mine will just be chugging along. That's my hope, right? Now, as far as the Colorado goes, they've made a lot of really nice improvements to that too. And they're gonna have a bison again. This is gonna get announced later in May. So that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, it sounds like the ZR2 bison version of that truck is gonna come with 35 stock from the factory, which is really pretty cool. And it's gonna bump that clearance quite a bit. Now, one of the things that I do like about the Colorado is that you can get it with a diesel. Now. Here's the thing though, those diesels are really expensive, right? And diesel fuel in and of itself is a lot more expensive than regular gas. So you do get a lot more reliability out of that. You often get a lot more torque out of it. So I really like those things. But again, you kind of get into that situation where you're like, how much torque do I really need? I think I have almost 300 in my truck, uh, 310 horsepower. I forget what the torque numbers are on the 3.8 liter, but they're plenty, right? Like I, I've never been in a situation where I'm like, I really need, if I'd had more power, I could have gotten over that obstacle or I could have done this thing, right? It's, it's more about throttle modulation, tire placement, just being smart about where you're driving and what line you're taking than it is about sheer power. I mean, can you overcome things with power? Sure, you can overcome crappy driving with power. You can overcome some obstacles with some damage with power. But again, to me, if, if my truck had 100 horsepower and this had 400, sure, that would be preferable, right? But again, I have plenty of power. I don't need more power. I'm, I'm not interested in increasing the output of power in my Frontier or beating it with like a diesel out of the Bison. So again, am I saying that any of these trucks are bad options? No, I'm just saying the ZR2 Bison also is gonna be significantly more expensive than my Pro 4X Frontier was. Uh, sticker on mine with all the options, basically the, I only, the only option I didn't get was the sunroof and leather, which is about 2,500, three grand, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, mine sticker was about 46 grand with all the premium audio, with all the technology package, the convenience package, heated seats, heated steering wheel, the wireless car play, all that stuff, right? The off-road package with the Bilstein shocks and the Under Armour and the really nice tow hooks on the front. I mean, it, it came with everything and it was about 46 grand, which still for a Frontier is a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But I had zero miles on that thing when I bought it. And if it lasts me for 15 years, it's going to be a good investment. So that is my thoughts on the 2023 Frontier or 2022 Frontier, the third gen D41 Nissan Frontier versus the major competitors, Ford, Chevy, Toyota. 
again, I hope that that info was helpful. I, again, I've had multiple people post up and be like, why didn't you get a Tacoma? Why didn't you get a Titan? Why didn't you do that? Right? Like there's a lot of questions that get asked whenever you buy a new vehicle and you have a YouTube channel and they're like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do Why didn't you do that? So I wanted to just kind of bring that up and proactively talk a little bit about this exciting new Tacoma, the exciting new uh, Chevy Colorado, and then also kind of give my feedback on why I'm not as interested in those, right? And why I feel like the Frontier is still a really good decision. Now, take my bias out of it, right? I mean, I could just be saying this because I'm biased. I tell you what, though, I have always gone with my gut and whatever is the best value with the best performance is kind of what I want, right? But I also still think that those Tacomas are going to be more expensive. To get the one that is a TRD Pro, right, the level that my truck is at for that, it's going to be significantly more expensive. The ZR2 Bison, I mean, maybe the regular old ZR2 would be closer down to my truck, but it's still going to be more expensive. Same with the Tremor with the Ranger. Like, these trucks just have gotten really, really expensive. So... <clears throat> And from a longevity standpoint, I real, really feel the best about the NA six-cylinder in the Frontier. So those are my thoughts, but I want to hear from you guys. Post up in the comments down below if you're on YouTube. If you're on the podcast, jump over to my other social channels and join the conversation, right? I'd love to hear from you guys. I know this is a is a hot-blooded topic where there's lots of people have different opinions. So again, I'd love to hear from you guys on your thoughts on this. Um, so post up in the comments down below or jump over to the social channels. Um, in the description down below, speaking of, are going to be links to all my social channels. So if you want to join that conversation over there, just go down there and click through and follow wherever you'd like. I'd love to have you. Also in the description are linked to Patreon. There's also a link to the Newbie Overlanders group. Totally free to join. It's on Facebook, the Patreon. We've got a Discord. Pick whatever level of support you want. If you want to hang out, we'd love to have you in the Discord. Just come chat about rigs and trips and all kinds of stuff. Any sort of questions, we chat 24-7. It's just a great time. But so again, I hope that that info was helpful for you. I hope that you enjoyed that, and uh, we will see you next time.